0: Welcome to Art Related Noise, for this episode we're in Brighton at the Boutique Artist Residence Hotel for a panel discussion with the artists Charlie Edwards aka Pure Evil and Dan Doherty from the art duo Art & Believe. The topic is street art versus fine art and the recording has been conducted in front of a live audience. This is Art Related Noise.
1: I started experimenting with painting. There's so many avenues of art. We're surrounded by images. Just being lost in this sea of possibility. Announcing that I was going to be an artist. It brings the work
2: I do alive even more.
0: They could be part of this work as well. Everyone's
2: got their own personal connection to something.
0: Well hello everyone, welcome to uh, the artist. Residence Hotel, this lovely uh, boutique hotel and you know thanks for the artist Residence Hotel and Art Republic for putting on this fantastic talk. In fact we've got two of the greatest things known to man and that is great food and great art as well. So my name is Stuart, Stuart Holdsworth and I, I write for the Inspiring City website which is a street art blog if you like, talk about urban art, street art. And I also record the art-related noise podcast for Art, Re- sorry, art Republic. So there's lots of art there, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, we've got season two, which we're recording today with the start of season two. We've already gone to season one. And if you really are interested in amazing art discussion, then go on Podbeam and, and, and look it up because it's, uh, it's pretty good and you can learn all about the, the artists at, uh, at Art Republic. But my guests today and the purpose why we're all here. Two artists who, if you've been into Art Republic, I'm sure you'll, you'll know about, and you'll probably know them as soon as I say. Charlie Edwards, AKA Pure Evil. Hi, everyone. And uh, Dan Doherty, one half of the amazing duo, Art and Believe. And uh, the topic is street art versus fine art. And that's the sort of general theme that we're gonna go into in terms of this talk. So, so I suppose the first question that I wanted to ask, and it's, and it's really, we'll start with you, Charlie, if that's okay, is, how has the street art scene changed in the years that you've been doing? Because you've been doing it for a while now, haven't you? Yeah, I've been doing it for quite
2: some time. I think doing it then compared to doing it now, um, doing it then was basically going out painting and then rushing home, washing your hands, changing your jacket, going out and photographing it. So you had a record of it. You can see what I'm going to say here. Now you're doing it and there's someone behind you with a phone and they're filming you. Um, there's someone who's got a, you know a blog who's going to, do something about it. And you may have the police come up to you, but they'll probably just critique it and sort of, you know, <laughs> tell you what they think about it. It was kind of ironic because Bernine, who couldn't be here tonight, and I were painting a wall in Hackney about, um, Oh, this was about four years ago, the police rolled up and asked us what we were doing. And I explained to them that um, we didn't really have permission at the beginning and they kind of brightened. <laughs> and then I said, but then Ben, got asked by David Cameron to give a piece to Barack Obama, and so we thought it would be okay to paint this, and the owner of it said yes, and the police went, okay, good, well, we're just doing our job, you just carry on doing yours. So I think it's become a lot safer to actually be doing street art just because of the popularity of it. Um, It felt very illegal at that time, but I think definitely it's really been impacted by social media it's been kind of it's come around at a perfect storm street art and social media both kind of came along at the same point whereas now if you're doing it there's someone filming it but it's also nice because say for example if you're a artist and you're making something in valparaiso someone's blogging about it someone's filming it with a drone you're very very aware of it happening because the media for it is completely kind of taking it on
0: you're right and and thank you for for just pointing out that ben Ayn was going to be here today but sadly sadly couldn't couldn't be here so yeah apologies should have mentioned that early but thank you dan for you know, stepping in, in at yeah, yeah, short notice and yeah, yeah. I Really, really appreciate yeah. that. Um, so same question to you, so listening to what Charlie was saying, what's, what's, um, what's your perception in terms of your experience in terms of how street art has changed since you've been doing it?
1: Well, we're, we're quite, obviously, just put your mic. Sorry, we're, we're different. Like, we've had a completely different way into the sort of street art world. I think one of the main things is the variety you can get nowadays. Like, you you can do anything on the street as long as it sticks to a wall or sticks to a part of a building or kind of, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, it's opened up the door for people like me and Charlotte who haven't had to be aggressive in our way of, like, we're kind of street artists and then we're going to become, like, something that's more um, accepted. We've We're kind of quite... We don't like to kind of get in trouble. So we kind of like the, people like have, have made the w- way possible because it's become like sort of more accepted. So so we kind of are lucky because we've kind of come in a bit after that to say we're going to do things a bit differently. And that's I guess that's how it's changed as well. And obviously a social media thing. We we started painting in South America. We kind of like just found walls. We, we kind of walked around. We it got shared we we can only do what we did now because of the way that like artwork has been so so we're lucky and it's worked for us like having been able to live bring up that little man making artwork every day people might say oh it's not as edgy but people can now make a living and and do cool things and go from the street to community to to do things for businesses you know and that's the kind of sort of moving through the sort of like different things you don't have to just be i'm a street artist because we are doing things on the street but we can also be working commercially and doing things on floors and walls and wherever so I think it's the variety i think you don't have to start off painting trains
2: and then go towards street art Yeah, yeah, you yeah, be, yeah, yeah. you <laughs> could be really good at knitting and then decide that you want to do street art you could be really interested in making sculpture and you could be doing it as well so i think it's kind of it's really opened up what is it it's you know it's something that's quite inclusive as well it's not just about painting for your
0: crew it's about people enjoying it and having that impact and what what made you want to start you know, doing street art or painting on the street in the first place. What was that that urge that started you doing it, Charlie?
2: I think when you come back to a city where no one knows who you are, you want to make a stand and you want to sort of not draw a line in the sand, but you want to draw a line on the wall. And that's what I started doing. When I came back to London from uh, San Francisco, no one knew who I was and no one cared. Even when you'd go up to people and say, oh, you do t-shirt design. I'm a t-shirt designer. Do you want to see what I do? They go, no. Whereas in California, they go, yeah, we should really meet up. That would be awesome. Even though it was kind of insincere and they didn't even really mean it. It was kind of nice. So being back in London, I knew that the sort of, you know, Banksy was regularly putting pieces up in shortage and sort of you know people from the u.s like bast and fail were also going out and doing pieces and i just wanted to get up i wanted to see my pieces on the street but it wasn't some sort of you know sort of guerrilla marketing campaign it was just what my the voice in my head said which was go out and paint and then
0: you get hooked on the adrenaline of actually doing that and then you can't stop really and Dan, hearing that, I mean, that sort of groundwork's been done. You, you sort of went in there and you sort of chose it as a career choice. Is that what I'm hearing well, from, from you doing this yeah?
1: we We decided to quit our jobs. Charlotte left a job in London. I left a teaching job that was also in South London. We wanted to travel. We loved, like, the architecture in South America. We loved the sort of, like, way the houses kind of, like, balanced on top of each other. We loved the colour. We loved everything about that. And when we got out to Brazil, we just went, oh, my God, let's try and paint a wall. So we started, like, to paint... With this this group that we'd met in like um Parachie. and I was really nervous. I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to paint this. And I was like, Charlotte, my hand's going all funny, like and it was and it was really hard, and it was this little mural and there's all these kind of guys doing massive kind of like sprays and fades and everything. And I was going, I had a pen, I was going, oh no, this is really bad. I was like, oh my god, this is really hard as well. But then like, I was like, There was something good in that. And then we were like, right, let's go to the next place. Where are we going to go next? And it was another place in Brazil. And we ended up going to that. And then we ended up in Sao Paulo in Batman Alley and sort of painted there and asked if the guys would let us paint. And they were like, they said, you can paint there, but you can't paint there. And we were like, yeah, but that looks a bit shit, doesn't it? And And then Charlotte's like, yeah, but just listen to him. And there was this amazing painting. But then there was kind of like Picasso on the wall. They said, if you paint that Picasso, you'll be in serious trouble. Yeah,
2: yeah I've painted in, in <laughs> Sao Paulo and it is serious because if you do a tag in Sao Paulo, no one will go over you because they're not sure if you are part of a gang. And if you're a sao yeah. artist, you're part of a gang. So yeah. no one paints over yeah. you. So yeah. you could get into some serious trouble. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I <laughs> so there
1: was like this kind of like tag of Picasso. And it was just like literally, yeah. And it was just in the middle of this massive space, like this little, this tag. And, I was like, we should go over it. And Charles was like, no, I don't think that guy said it was OK. But anyway, we painted our one there and we loved that. And then we built from there and we started to sort of, like, like, love the kind of whole painting on things and started to bring different people from the community into our projects, different, like, people we'd found travelling with them. We are like, we painted this Mexican restaurant. And it, was, it was quite fun because they said, we'll pay you in margaritas and tacos. And we were like, (laughs) (laughs) it was quite good, but it was was this floor and it was really hot. And we were kind of like painting this artwork on the floor because they said they've got no walls left we painted this floor and every five minutes the guy would say do you want another margarita and a taco and we're like really oh yeah. god like, it's it dangerous was, isn't it I, I know a lot of people that would take that deal yeah i know but yeah, like but after <laughs> after the
2: fifth one it's a bit tricky
1: isn't it yeah that? but the guy the guy was like do you care if this looks all right Nah, no, mate just have another margarita it was just, but um but yeah no we carried on carried on carried on all the way through and sort of built our way through south america getting more confident painting more things and and then once we got to we kind of ended up in Asia, didn't we? In sort of like India and like a totally different vibe and like all these places we painted. And then we came back to the UK and we're like, oh my God, we just loved painting and the experience of painting. And we're like, is that a job? Is that something we can do? Like, you know, like, we didn't That's really know. Job. Yeah. And we, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't actually know it was possible to actually kind of like live off it. So I kind of was doing a little bit of teaching, a little bit of art, a little bit of this. And then we kind of went, oh my God, you can go part-time. And I went part-time and Charlotte was like, and we were, you were still working and... But we kind of edged towards it, like sort of like, you know, just kind of, oh my God, we can do that and, and that was that was kinda of how we, we kind of end up
2: doing it. So, yeah, it's kind of a, um, I always draw an analogy with skateboarding because, you know, before, if you said to your dad, look, I want to be a skateboarder. They go, oh, no, he's going to be hanging out in the car park, <laughs> smoking drugs. But then it became CNN and then it became the X Games. And then it became something that you could, you know, really think about doing. And street art has done the same thing. It's become something where if your kid said, look, I want to be the next Banksy. Dad would probably be like,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly, it's certainly something that is the case now, isn't it? I mean, you've got people that are Flown out around the world, you know, mm. doing these big murals to the places that you've mm. you've sort of mentioned, and, and making you know genuine ca- careers out of of, of street art, mm. um, which is completely viable. I mean, mm. I suppose what you, that must mean that people connect with it and connect with it in quite a powerful way around the world. I mean, Charlie, what what is it that you think makes people connect with street art like that?
2: I think it's, you're talking about community. I think it's amazing when you actually have people in the community come up and say, we like what you're doing. I remember the best one I ever had was, I was doing a painting of Guernica in Barcelona and a little old man with a little tiny dog just went past and went like that. Now, he wasn't a street art blogger. He wasn't someone who really knew about street art, but he saw a piece of art that he could relate to. And what's nice about Sao Paulo is you have these areas where the community is actually thanking you for doing... Doing street art mm-hmm. because it makes the the art the place look better, mm-hmm. you know. Rather than oh, these guys are vandalizing. It's funny because walking up here from up the bottom of the square, there were some people. They were filming themselves painting over some graffiti on a dustbin, and that's. That's sometimes people's perception of what they think graffiti is. It's like tags on dustbins, but it can mean so much more. And it can, you know, in, the, in the, those sort of areas, it can mean so much more to a community to see street art and to enjoy it because it's for them it's not just for our crew to enjoy it's an inclusive thing which is kind of that's a beautiful thing I think and,
0: and Dan do you find that as well people interacting in a really positive way with your work
1: yeah I, I mean I mean I think it comes down to that it's, the, it's in the moment there's no hiding by doing something out on the street it's like it's like everyone's seeing it happening you're doing it there you kind of know it'll be alright it'll kind of work but it still has to work it still has to like be like done, you know, properly and stuff. And that's that's what's interesting. I mean, and also, I actually, me and Charlotte have a bit of a theory about the health of a, it's kind of like a deep theory, but it's the health of a city through the street art and the way that people react with the street art. So you might head out to somewhere, I, I don't want to name places, but... Name them. <laughs> there, there, are, there are places in, there are places that people feel like the art should, they, they're almost like you it. It's like, you know, you, another piece of great where it's like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, well, just get on. Like, do something crap and we'll react, you know? like Or there's places that are kind of really, really, really kind of like grateful. You come into the city and, or an area and they go, oh my God, you've come here and you've got, you're doing something like out on the street. And the reactions. Some people will talk to you. They'll feel settled to talk to you. They'll feel kind of open to talk to you. Some people will say things they want you to hear, like but they don't want to talk to you. They want to sort of say something but make you hear something. But you know, you kind of also, you go, oh my god, did they really say that? Like you know, I, I heard a guy go. I heard a guy in Essex say when we made an artwork, it was like he's, he said, he goes, I could hear him on the phone. He said. He goes, what is it? And he goes, he goes, I don't know, mate. He goes, I don't know, they're painting something on that building. And he goes, he goes, what does it look like? And he turns around and he goes, it looks like a load of fucking pick mix <laughs> 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 And me and Charlotte were going... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> yeah validation yeah yeah i was like cheers bro you're a nice one. i had a little
2: note that came down from a block of flats and it was in in rome and a little note just came floating down and kind of landed at my feet and i opened it up and it was in italian i didn't know what the hell it said so i got the people i was with to translate it and they just said oh it just says thank you you're making the area look amazing and it's just oh. nice to have that kind of you know you're 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 having a positive impact rather than just writing bunnies on their wall
0: and running away, it's good. And what, what is it then? Do you, do you think, because you sort of hinted at your, your theory just, mm. just earlier about making the place a, yeah. look better, be better. Yeah. Is, is this something that you both subscribe to? So street art going into a town, a city, and actually that being maybe a catalyst for regeneration or, or bringing the community up in, in one way. Charlie, I'll go with you first.
2: Well, when we think about regeneration, we think about gentrification. We were talking about this. We're actually, the irony of it is, we're actually the herald of gentrification for some place. Places where property developers are like, oh yeah, cool. We will get some street artists in (laughs) to paint the hoardings and make it look brighter, and then we can raise the money, and all the artists can move out. So there, there is that side of things, that side of things as well, which is quite. When you think that you're actually being used by, you know, sort of property developers to gentrify areas, that's a bit disturbing, isn't
1: it? It is quite disturbing because you kind of you, you. you want to do something, you almost, it's, it's almost that kind of whole idea of someone's done something temporary and then someone's come and perspexed it. And you kind of think, did the person who, <coughs> did the person who painted that want it to be perspect? Did they want to kind of like have it forever? Or were they prepared to sort of like go, this is... A reason i'm painting on the street because it has a lifespan because it will come and it will go and it will it will it will have a new person come and put their stamp on top and there'll be layers of paint and layers of like a story yeah. but as soon as you put perspex or protect something then it it kind of stops everyone going through that sort of like way of kind of developing it's like it's like another block of something that should be free it's a commodity isn't it it's yeah, like we've just we... seen the um the banksy
2: rat in shoreditch uh, there was a nice car park and it's been there for about 14 years or whatever and it's been boarded up and now the the boards have come down and it's there. It's been preserved but it's been preserved because a new hotel, the Art Hotel. The Art Hotel. There we go. I believe without a H. It's going to be, you know, that's probably going to be the lobby. Hotel. So there'll be a woman or a man with a keyboard at the front
0: going, welcome to Art Hotel <laughs> and then there'll be a massive Banksy
2: behind them which has
0: been and preserved. Lo- lo- lots of hipsters um, supping lattes out of glasses. Of course. Um, yeah. Whilst, whilst on laptops
2: yes yeah, so I don't think that was the initial idea for that artwork it was meant to be about you know sort of an attack on that area and how rubbish it was and how rats are everywhere but now it's kind of come full circle whereas that is like oh have you seen our bank seat? And Aren't that's cool? in
0: 15 years. So uh, I mean, so I mean, what 2004, 2003? That original rat would have gone up, and and the location. If you, if you know, we're talking about this place called the Foundry, which is uh, at the heart of the street art scene for many a year. And actually, um, lots of artists would have centered themselves around that that particular building. They would have an exhibit, exhibitions there, and actually, could be seen as a bit of a catalyst for the creative growth of Shoreditch. In my in my opinion, I think that's a fair argument to say. They've had tons of shows there. It's loads. been it's been an amazing place that's really supported it. It's so, yeah, it's, it's a funny one. It really is. And now, and now here it is being preserved. The, the, the foundry is going down, but the, the banks you right is going to be preserved and then the whole thing is, 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 is developed. So I suppose there's pros and cons. But I think that was where I was getting up with that, that regeneration sort of thing, that gentrification. Shoreditch 15 years ago, only 15 years ago, probably well, you know, wasn't seen as a desirable place uh, to live, but now it absolutely is. I mean, you must have seen it in Brighton. You I grow. Mean, are you from Brighton originally? You've seen
1: no, no. Uh, South, South London. yeah. South. Oh, All yeah. right. Okay. But so so you're familiar with those areas. I yeah. lived here for twenty years. So.
0: And have you seen much change in, in Brighton? What's the, what's the, the scene like in Brighton in terms of street art?
1: i don't know i mean Bright- brighton's a funny place because it it sort of has a lot of creative people but I, I i still question its actual avenues to actually give people the chance to really live a life with creativity i think it looks more on the surface like it it has that those avenues but i'm, I'm not sure that it does there's lots and lots of artwork that's been on the streets we've battled for the the artworks that we've created in the city we've tried to be creative with what we've done we looked for big walls we couldn't find big walls so we found a big roof uh, that's why we just thought of of things like that it's always been accepting of artworks i think brighton uh, and and that's that's what i know and it's had some really great artists and as well as yeah lots of lots of creative people really but i don't know I think in 20 years I think the piers definitely not looking so good. Yeah, then we can see it front.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, I kind of like it though, just the structure of it, the way that it is. It's almost just like a skeleton. Yeah, it's kinda prop, brilliant. prop it up with a bit of the uh,
1: the big tower. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you think the general view is now then in terms of where we are? You know, the local local authorities, the police, general attitudes to street art is it is it completely different to when you were say starting?
2: i think they actually have like a curatorial team in hackney that now that are going well that's good that can stay or that's bad yeah Um, yeah, you know there really is yeah they've kind of come yeah yeah they're critics yeah police critics critics go yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think that's quite good um which is kind of amazing it's kind Mm. of so strange that that's happening um but then there are still other places where it's you know it still feels naughty to do it and that's still fun as well. Have you ever had any of your work um, preserved? I actually am a member of the Perspex Club. I think I had like one piece, but I mean, I think you've got to be Zen about it. It will get painted over and then you just got to move on. You know, you can have a piece that's up for, you know, from 2012 until 2018, but then you can have a piece that you do and it gets painted over. It's just how it is. But I think also some people now when they're actually painting pieces, as long as they get the Instagram photo, they're less bothered about the longevity of the actual image because the image will last. Mm. The piece that you did in valparaiso you know you were saying it was painted over but then the community came back and they were the ones who actually painted it Mm, again mm. which is
1: kind of brilliant yeah we had like lots of different occasions where we've painted things around the world and we kind of painted them and left and we were like i wonder what happened to that i wonder what what, did that survive or did someone just paint over it and we never really knew anything about what they happened (laughs) and we painted this one particular one in valparaiso uh, in Chile and it was, um, it was an afternoon and we basically got two Australian friends and us and we went to these steps and they're all kind of skanky steps and we sort of cleaned them up and we sort of made them all white and then, um, yeah, so, so basically we painted these words called We're Not Hippies, We're Happies on these steps in Valparaiso in Chile there was like a fun thing two Australian friends, me, Charlotte and we were all drinking like they, they, they're called Melvins like, so it's like basically you get a melon and you get like some wine it's like it's called Melvin, like Vin. We'll be you know. serving this later yeah. on, and you and you pour the wine into the into the melon and it just it just stick a straw in it and it's like it was just quite a fun afternoon. So he wrote We're not Hippies Happies on his steps. And as we were writing them, this guy came along and he kind of basically he he said to us, You're not you're not welcoming in Valpo, you're writing in English, you're gonna get tagged over, your stuff's gonna go, blah 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 blah. He was about eighteen years old and he was really aggressive and he came Charlotte's in tears and she was like, Dan, I can't finish it, I can't finish it, this is too much, it's gonna be too much. And then we waited, and our friend came down from the from the hostel, and he said, if you, um, if, if he comes back, I'll talk to him. So this guy came back, he was 18 years old, and he said something like, why are you giving these guys a hard time? And he said like, cause, cause I'm from Chile, I'm from this area, they can't write in English, this is our thing. And he goes, but where are you from? And he said like, I'm from Chile. And the guy, And the 18 year old kid said, yeah, but I've lived all, like, most of my life in America. And the guy said, Yeah, but how can you say you're from Chile and you need to use these words? And then, after that, um, he said, Your skateboard, your, your, your vans. Anyway, the, the guy didn't write on the, write on the wall or anything like that, protected it. And then for three years, it stayed fine. Until it came on street art tours and became on, like, all these crazy little blogs and all these things. It got really big. And we were like, why is it getting so big? We didn't understand. And then, after, after a while, it got it got painted out white so basically someone came and put it over white it was like an architect or some other really cool person wanted to write some on steps so we got this thing, come back to Chile, come and paint it again, come and paint it again. And we were like, we haven't got money to do that. We haven't got the time to do that, blah, blah, blah. And we said, we'll send some money, we'll send some paint. If you want to go and paint it again, you can. It's up to you if it's not so like really important. You sent
2: them money. I thought they wanted to send you money. No, and-
1: we wanted to send them. We wanted, to, we said, if you guys want to go and repaint it, like there's the money, there's the, there's the paint, you can go and repaint it. And they said, don't worry, it's fine. We can see the design underneath, like the whitewash. We'll repaint it ourselves. And then we got these photos of like 80-year-old men from the sort of like street just painting it away, and they painted it like you can't believe they actually painted it better than we painted the first time. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like going to Charlotte. Shit, look at that painting. It's amazing. And then they made they basically written a sign on one side that said um, Art and Believe Authors 2014. It was like all hand painted this amazing little sign, and then they wrote. 2017 valpo community like repaint and it was and it was one of these crazy things because you kind of went i didn't care if it disappeared but they kind of did but it's just one of those things that we have seen all of that side of things and because of the way that we've always kind of pride ourselves on being living in the moment letting things go trying to have that kind of moment but let it go with the artwork that's why we love walls because they're not going to be the same. Someone's going to take that away the next time. And good luck to them, because that's their time to go again. Next person, next person, next person. That's not something that should be blocked or held or anything like that. The Valpo thing, that's just a weird little situation. But the community owned it. <laughs> the, the community it owned it, stairs, right? they bloody owned it. And the reason they wanted to own it was because it changed the space into something that people could see it, people could stand, people could share, people could look at. And they didn't, I don't know if they loved the piece. They may have loved the piece, they love what it stood for they love the you know mm. that side of things so. yeah. and it, um, mm.
2: the nice thing as well it wasn't a commissioned piece of art no. it was something that was spontaneous. Oh, spontaneous going into um like when you're in ulaanbaatar in mongolia they've got like a beatles statue it's really ugly it's terrible and that compared to this this is a lot more beautiful because it's something that happened naturally but yeah. it's something that they actually
1: want to keep but it's a story, isn't it? It's always about the story. Why did that happen? Like, how have people got involved in it? Like, it's, it's just lovely when you when you start something. Like, projects, with. for us, you know, we, we, we're not solo. We love working with people. We did a project in Colombia that was, like, literally... It was a... It was a Called one Felipe Gomez Escobar Foundation, probably still financed by like the money from like Escobar <laughs> to be fair, but I won't ask any <coughs> questions about that. It was it was teenage mums. It was it was really quite hard. Twelve and fifteen with babies, and we had this this project that we we're gonna paint a huge mural on the wall. And at first they were really kind of like scared. They didn't know who we are, they didn't know anything about us. Probably I was a man, they were probably like, you know, all their problems had started like with that sort of thing. So but after a while, they started to paint this wall with us, and we had 40 girls all painting the wall, doing things. And I was getting given random babies and <laughs> holding them. And they were like, Don't need you anymore, mate. Like, go go over there. Look after give, the baby. Yeah, look after the baby. And I was like, Whose baby's this? And no, no one would admit it. I was like, Seriously, whose baby's this? <laughs> I thought that went, baby looked quite colloquial. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I was. Them, yeah.
0: wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what does it take to keep it i mean the eff, you know the energy just effervesces off you and uh, when you talk about it in both really but what what keeps it going what's what's the fire in your belly that makes you want to really keep going painting on the street getting out there and doing public art
2: i think it's the adrenaline you just get an adrenaline feeling of actually doing it and there's that feeling of like oh no this is gonna oh is it gonna be all right oh i think oh no oh yeah this is going to be awesome it's that kind of you're never quite sure how it's going to work out and then when you kind of reach that point where it is starting to look amazing that's the vindication of actually doing it and also it's like doing it with the lift guy and he's not a street art guy mm. he's just mm. learning about it and he's go- taking you up and you're painting it and then you all sit back at the end of it and have a beer and go yeah we all did
0: that together mm. it's good Yeah, big sort of group efforts if yeah. you like, particularly those big massive murals
1: I think it's to do with going to someone who you're going to work on a project with and proposing something or coming up with the idea and the person going no we can't do that and then and then you kind of go yeah we can we can do that and then they go no it's not possible and then you go off and then you kind of wait a little while and then you go back and go when are we going to do the idea and 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 sort of like pushing for things that are so out there and big and and put you out of your comfort zone for us that's like i love that i love feeling like you know we just did alexandra palace we did a massive floor that was 1200 square meters and i remember me and charlotte walking in there and just going Oh shit! They're gonna let us do this, and I and I and I kind of like looked and I was like, wow, this is like this is kind of like a bit like the office for like sort of four weeks or five weeks, and you're like, what a place to be for this time. And and I I if something isn't scary, if something isn't kind of putting you in your out of your comfort zone, then it really is not that good, and that's when you lose the fire. That's when you don't have anything anymore. You have to feel a bit scared. You have to think, is it gonna work? You have to challenge the technology, the paints, the ways of viewing things, for us, in all those fronts, to actually make things exciting.
0: For me, it seems like you it's bigger and better for you. So you've done bigger Ali, and better, Ali, it's the
1: challenges, then. it's the challenges of like, you know, we, me and Charlotte, not only like designing something but taking it through the actual process Mm. and the physical side of things the actual feeling tired making something painting something you know like looking back and going oh my god do you remember that Mm. journey Mm. with uh, whoever helped or whoever got involved whether it be a group or people or on our own or whoever it might have been each artwork for us has a story that runs through with the actual people that were involved in the actual project you know that made it happen you know there's so many people that make big projects happen and and that you, you know you talk about Lift Man that's what you love those little you remember all those people you remember those things that's the journey impossible
2: is possible it's like a nice little bit of graffiti but it's true you know that impossible thing and making it possible is just Mm. the best
1: People people will say no to you and then you say to them like is that a real no or is that a kind of like a no that we might be able to talk about in a little while, you know? And, and, and it, it is like that because people, when you come with an idea, when you come with something that you want to do with the, com- with the confidence to do it, then people do actually go, this guy's not going away, is he? Because- <laughs> passion and the energy as well. I think, yeah, yeah, but, that, that but, it, but we, we, all, we did a project the other day. We, off- we said this project to someone and it was a really crazy project. Then they said, no, they're not going to allow it. Not going to allow this project. You're not going to be able to do it. And then we went away and we came up with a crazier idea and we gave it back to them and they went, oh shit, okay, you can do the first one.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, we, and that's the idea, it's like pushing, it's pushing, pushing, boundaries, ideas. And even if they say no, you know, you're on, you know you're in the right realm when something is on the edge of yes or no or yes or no.
0: I, I think that's probably all we've sort of got time. Are you
1: guys
2: hungry?
0: I I wouldn't be surprised.
2: I think there's some uh, wine being uh, laid on as well, isn't there? There Yeah. We've some, yeah, we've got the. Some tacos. The Melvins.
0: As well. no, no, no tacos. Um. It's all down to my
1: substitution, isn't it? Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> no, we've got some wine uh, laid on for you as, as, as well. So, yeah, we'll, we'll finish this and I'm, I'm sure that the team will be able to let us know where, where to go. But, you know, just uh, a quick uh, thank you for being part of this, uh, this recording um, for art related noise and uh, for Artist Residence and Art Republic for putting this on. And, of course, our fantastic speakers. Uh, Pure Evil and and Dan Doherty from Art and Believe. Thank you very much. Thank you very
2: much.